1: in Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon.
2: Good morning, Liz. How are you this morning? I hope everyone down there in the Jackson area is safe uh, and uh, stays safe during the potential storms today, but we're going to have a great show. Uh, And, um, you know, we have uh, always, I got to say, we are so lucky to have these these great attorneys who volunteer their time. This is what public broadcasting is about. I hope people understand the time it takes to prepare for an hour show is no small thing. And and Francis Springer has been tremendously uh, generous with his time on this show. we're really happy to welcome him back. And Francis, would you remind us a little bit about your background and your practice area?
0: Sure, sure. First, I'd like to thank you all for letting me come back. I really enjoy this. This is a great program. Uh, I am Francis Springer. I'm a solo practitioner attorney in the Jackson area. Uh, I handle primarily criminal defense, family law issues, some wills and estates type stuff, and I've been practicing for almost 10 years now, and I
2: really enjoy what I do. Now, Francis, you know, you're, I mean, one thing uh, you are a practicing lawyer, we, we tend to ask you for shows because you had a background in law enforcement as well. Um, and we tend to ask you about shows where there's kind of a, a little bit of an intersection between the law and, and law enforcement. Um, and so thank you for, for agreeing to do this show because, you know, we, we decided to do a show about rules of the road and, you know, just how, how what are the laws affecting roads and things like that. So thank you for, for doing that. And how do we even get those laws and, and you know, that are, de- that are about designating and maintaining roads in Mississippi?
0: Primarily in Mississippi, well, in all states, it comes from state legislation. Uh, that's coupled on a lot of times with federal legislation because that's usually where the most money comes from for the roadways. Uh, the feds used to be a lot tighter about you know withholding money for certain things. Many people remember the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. Uh, that was one of the things. That wasn't a federal law. But if a state didn't comply with that, they would lose their highway funds. Of course, that's been changed over the years. So that's kind of how the, the federal uh, government rolls into it. But it's primarily from state legislation.
1: We are talking today about rules of the road, not necessarily can you turn right on red, but whose road is it? If you live out in the country and your driveway goes to the highway, is your driveway a road? Who has access to your land through your land to their land is it a driveway is it a road that's the kind of questions we'd love to discuss this morning you can send us an email to our address legal terms at mpbonline.org. And since Mississippi is largely a rural state, there's lots of folks whose driveways might be roads. And if you have any questions about that, that we'd love to entertain those questions.
2: And those, yeah, and those would be great questions. And, and Francis, you know, we, you mentioned the federal government and its support for the road system in Mississippi. And certainly the the interstates, and I used to drive my children crazy by telling them that odd number interstates go north and south, even number of interstates go east and west. You know, of course, if you're going through North Carolina and you're on I-85, you're going east for some reason. But you know that you know mostly north, I guess. Right. But what's what is the difference between you know the, Mississippi also has a lot of state highways. So what exactly are those?
0: There, there are certain highways that uh, that run. Well, we'll just say the best word is interstate. The interstates are the most familiar. Uh, that's a a concept that was originated in the early 1900s and progressed from there. Uh, But basically, the federal government wanted a transportation system all the way across the country. It didn't have the authority to do that itself under our system of government, but it could get the states to work together, and it benefits the states as well. So the states do work together on interstate systems. Short of that, there's uh, federal highways that do the same, uh, would be kind of like Highway 51 that runs through Central Mississippi, Highway 45. Some of those are US highways. They're also primarily uh funded by the Feds, but they are all main all roads are maintained by the state, whether they're federal highways or state highways. And then the state breaks down, they have state highways, and this would be generally your three numbered highways. Around here it's like four sixty-three, uh, four seventy-eight, places like that. Those are state highways that generally run through different counties. And then below that would be county roads and municipal streets. So that's generally the type of public roadways there are in
2: Mississippi. I understand we have some calls lists.
1: Well, they're coming in right now. We'll get to them as soon as they uh, get prepared. We have our wonderful call screener, Kevin Farrell, is with us today and our engineer, Jay White. It takes quite a number of folks to help us put our show together, but we'd love for you to be part of our show. We do want to take calls about roads today. That's our topic today. But if you do have another question A legal question we have a bank of attorneys who are supportive for in legal terms and we email those questions to those attorneys and get back to you about that we're talking about roads and so let's go to magnolia and we want to speak with johnny thank you so much for calling into in legal terms today uh what's your comment or question
3: Okay, the question is, I own a piece of property for nearly 30 years, and there's uh, an easement cut through my property. Actually, it's not cut through, that's just on paper, but there's an easement across my property to the property that in the back. Uh, but the person has never used that easement. Is that... Is there a way to do away with that easement, or uh, is it just that they have the easement, whether they use it or not?
0: That's a good question. The easements are, are not necessarily public roads, but they constitute almost the same thing as what's known as a private road. An easement, for anyone that's not familiar with it, is basically the right of someone who doesn't own the property to use the property in some manner. Usually it's, it's for transportation, like uh, Johnny's describing. Now, it sounds like what you're talking about was something that was agreed upon. You said it was in a writing, so it sounds like a prescriptive easement. Those can generally be done away with on agreement of the parties that entered the the agreement to begin with. Now, if it did go through a court system where there's a a court order or anything like that that, that developed the easement, it would also have to go back through that court to dissolve it unless there's a specification in the order that allows it to be dissolved by another process. Uh, But if it's an easement by necessity, which is generally there's no other way for the second property owner to get to their property without the easement, that one's probably going to stay perpetual um, depending on the development of the land. If there's ever another roadway that comes to the, the secondary property owner to get to their property, that easement could be abolished then, but it's just kind of specific. And, and you should probably check with an attorney specific to that that can review the papers if you have them and just see what can be done
2: there. But I'm not going to say it can't be undone. Francis, okay. I mean, there are e- their easements, and that was a great, Johnny, that was a great call. And there easements, like I, we just had uh, uh, fiber put in around my neighborhood by one of the um, utility companies that are now able to, to do fiber. They were allowed to go on our property because they have a, they have an easement that's in everybody's deed. So you'll see the water, you know, water companies and and uh, utility companies have that easement to get on our property. So ownership doesn't give us the right to exclude everyone. It's
0: not 100%, and, and uh, that's one thing President Biden, I think, recently said that got some flag, but it's true. None of our rights are 100%, uh, so there's, there's always something that could come in, and that includes property rights, but everybody can't just walk into your property, but there are legal ways they could get to it, and like you said, utilities are one as well. They don't necessarily transverse a person, but they do services, and, and they're necessary.
1: You can send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org with your questions. We're discussing your right to access roads with our guest, Attorney Francis Springer. Where can you learn more or ask more about roads? I'll tell you next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is In Legal Terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our whole show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. MDOT Mississippi Department of Transportation has free resources to help you deal with traffic, access to what you need to know about road conditions, construction zones, weather, and more. Even locate welcome centers and rest areas. Their website is mdottraffic.com. And there's going to be a Mississippi Department of Transportation official on autocorrect. MPB show Thursday, May 6th, 2021 at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. This morning, we're talking about your rights on roads with attorney Francis Springer.
2: And Francis, you know, this is, I think it's important information for everyone. And so when is it, when can you use a road and when are you prohibited uh, from using roadways? Generally, and, and refer to roads in Mississippi basically
0: as public and private. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But as far as public roads, anyone can use one.
3: I guess the best thing to think about would I get a ticket
0: if I use the road? And that could be either for no tag, no license, being uh, under the influence. If you can honestly say, I don't think I would get a ticket, you got a vehicle that meets all the uh, safety standards, you got a tag, you got a license, you could use just about any public road in the state unless it's closed, and then those are definitely advertised if they're closed. They're usually blocked off, so roadways are open to anybody. You don't have to be a Mississippi resident. You don't have to be a, a Mississippi uh, native or anything. You can use any road in the state, and all
2: uh, that pretty much goes for all states. That's great. So, uh, do I I always have to have a license? I mean, you know, I know. By the way, in my old neighborhood, there were a lot of golf carts riding around. It was a uh, it was a golf neighborhood, and the the people driving those golf carts were often as as young as five years old. Maybe that's just because I'm getting old. But um, are there prohibitions on that?
0: Well, actually, golf courts. uh, Excuse me, golf courts. Golf carts are are something that are becoming more and more popular in subdivisions in neighborhoods and the legislature actually this past uh this past session has modified those to allow municipalities to more regulate those upon the public streets of of the cities and there are um i think taxing issues that may come along with that safety issues and definitely age issues as far as the driver so that's something that I've heard about, but I've not been able to research that law greatly. But they are becoming more and more uh, allowed. But as far as just on a county route, highway or anything like that, uh, golf course not going to be allowed. As matter of fact, I live in Madison County. That's been an issue, and the sheriff here has said, you know, he's going to have to take some action on that if it's just if it gets worse. Or younger and younger people driving.
1: If you own property and the Vehicular thoroughfare has been designated uh, a road, but then someone does damage to it uh, a logging truck, a neighbor, or something that does damage to the path that you drive on. Do you have any, and you know that they did it, is there any recourse for that? Are they responsible?
0: There is. And then what you're describing could theoretically be uh, a public road or a private road. And on the public roads, if there's damage done, whoever does the damage is responsible for fixing it. And they have to do that immediately. And they, uh, they have to notify the local authorities if the roadway is blocked in any way. And they have to clear it. On a private road, it would come from an agreement more than likely for that person to use the roadway, like a logging operation. There would be some type of agreement that if damage occurs, and damage does occur a lot with all heavier trucks like that, um, who would be responsible for fixing it? And that would be more of a private issue. And if there's no good agreement, like everything else, it could wind up in court. And potentially whoever's causing the damage would be liable for that.
1: If you would like to ask a question about the roads of Mississippi with our guest attorney, Francis Springer. You could send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You could give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Ollie has given us a call from Gulfport. Ollie, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. What's your comment or question?
4: Um, Thank you. I do have a question. I have a piece of property, and kind of like the gentleman who called earlier, I have a piece in the back that I would like to sell, and I'm going to need a right-of-way or roadway or something to get back there if I sell that back hat. So I wondered, am I required to just give them a right-of-way, or can I sell it, and say I sell them two acres? um do i have do I include the footage or whatever it is of the right of way in that two acres, or is that considered an extra amount?
0: That's a good question and that, that does come up a lot. Uh, generally with with easements like that, they can be created without compensation. And it's a situation if that's the only way or the least expensive way to get to a property, they're gonna allow the easement. Now if it's just the most convenient way and there's other ways to get to the property, the court's not gonna allow an easement. So an easement could be created by agreement of the parties, in which case there could be payment for the use of that property. And if the property is sold, the easement generally goes with the land. So if if all parties uh, that originally had the easement and the property sell and move off and somebody else buys it, that easement's going to remain. Uh, so as far as, as selling easements or, or granting easements, selling property and all, those are generally private unless it's a, an easement by necessity and there's some problem with that, and then the court would get involved. And uh, I hope that answers your question. I think that's what you were asking. I think so. Thank you. Appreciate
2: it. Sure. Thank you for that question. I, you know, I think um, you know, one thing that, that the opposite of that is, and that's something she's thinking about ahead mm-hmm. of time as part of the sale, and that's the right way to do it. But, you know, if you, if you have a piece of property and you just for years let somebody cross your property without stopping them, even if there's not a written easement, they could claim they have an easement to your property because you you let them do that. Is that is that true? Or?
0: Oh, they could. It's kind of similar uh, to adverse possession. You know, there there are qualities that, that have to be in there, uh, and basically, I think permission, though is gonna is gonna stop that, uh, and it would have to go for basically ten years before you would have that that implied easement. Uh, But again, you know, it's easier to get an easement by necessity through a court, much shorter time than 10 years. And uh, it's even easier than that if the parties can agree to
2: it to not have to go to court. But uh, theoretically, yes, that could happen, uh, like you described. Those are the kind of questions that law professors ask to law students, you know, all that prescriptive easements and, and adverse possession, you know, things like that. Um, but, yeah, the better, there's a better way to do it, and, and I think, you know, our caller is doing it the better way for sure right? Right. ahead of time. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about some of the, the differences. You mentioned the differences in streets and, and county roads and, and state high roads, and what, where do those differences come from?
0: legislation. They're designated by the legislature to be either a county road or a state highway. Uh, each of the state highways are listed in the code that establishes them and their paths, and they, uh, they're they maintained, again, by the state. Uh, the federal highways, those are usually with compacts with other states. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, highway 82 in North Mississippi is a good example. And the legislature um, enacted legislation many years ago. To allow Mississippi to cooperate with, I believe it's Arkansas and Alabama, if I'm correct, in keeping Highway 82 a four lane all the way through. And I know there are sometimes that doesn't happen. An example of that is Highway 45 going uh, kind of from Meridian to Mobile. The four-lane ends in Alabama. Alabama said, well, we're not going to make that a four-lane because we don't get enough traffic. Mississippi it thinks it does, obviously, and I think it does, but Alabama, for whatever reason, decided not. So generally, it's by legislation and agreement uh, between states for interstates. The local municipalities, county roads, and all of those are up to boards of supervisors or uh, city councils, boards of aldermen, such as that.
1: We have a call that we'd like to go to Starkville and talk with William. William, thank you so much for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question?
3: Uh, well, I'm calling about uh, there's a, a road coming through my property. Uh, at the time, uh, well, it's been uh, quite a few years back. Uh, it was a shortcut. There's a, they could still get to wherever they wanted to get. But, uh, just a uh, school was still they would have to go uh ten miles around uh out of the way to get there when they could come there about uh a, a quarter of a mile can be there, so uh, they started coming through there, and the county just took it over, they started grading it and stuff like that, you know, like and now they're saying it's v but meanwhile, I'm still paying uh, the taxes. It's about two acres that they're going through, and I'm paying still paying the taxes on it. What could I do about it? I want to get it back. They don't use it anymore. Well, they still use it, but uh, not for the school. The school is—they got another route to get that. Not better.
0: That's that's something that, that would have to be looked at. I think through the land records to see if there is an easement that's there. And if there is, it could definitely be challenged in court to be undone, especially if there's another route in. Now, if there's one route that's 10 miles and one route that's, say, a mile or a quarter mile, uh, that could be more costly to take the 10 miles. It's definitely more convenient to take the shorter one. But the court may there say, well, the easement needs to remain. But it's real specific, I guess, to attorney specifically about that to see what could be
3: done.
1: Does that help you, William?
3: Wait. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Where, well, where do I go, you know, to uh, see about doing this? You know, like stopping it. The,
0: the land records that the uh, chancery clerk's office in your county would have the land records of that piece of property if you don't have them. And somebody could do a, a title search for you, or you could actually do it if you, if you know what you're looking for. Short of that, I would uh, just speak to an attorney, because that's what they do, most of them. And uh, you could find out then, and, and also the way to go, or the best recommended way to go.
3: Okay. Because uh, I asking this because that was a uh some type of line put through there, you know, an electric line or something underground. The they put it in the ditch on it, you know, like, and I'm trying to see about that, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's possible. I
3: guess they took it, kind of the chicken,
0: huh? Right. It's possible there could be a utility easement that would remain and you wouldn't necessarily have traffic going through. There's just, there's several things that sounds like from what you're describing that could play into this. That's, that's one reason I say you probably need to talk to an attorney to find out what you can and can't do.
3: Okay, then I do that. Thanks a lot. Bless you, love.
1: You can email us with your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We are talking with attorney Francis Springer about roads. Want to know about Mississippi roads? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. it's Rachel Martin with NPR's Morning Edition. People have stories about their car, that long summertime family road trip, that hand-me-down first car they got when they turned 16, the first car they bought on their own. And cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the kind you hear on this station. When you donate a vehicle to this station, the proceeds bring you stories from around the world. Here's how to get started. Donate
0: your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
1: You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershen is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. So many different podcasting platforms i happen to like podcast addict my husband is a stitcher person but i downloaded it to my phone i touched the plus that takes me to a page to search for podcasts i typed in in legal terms in the search area and it brought up our show and then i was able to touch the photo and subscribe so that i'm notified when any new episodes are loaded up which is usually the afternoon that they're aired This morning we're talking about Mississippi's Roads with our guest, attorney Francis Springer. But I got a little joke for you. Mississippi Roads, the MPB TV program, can be seen Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or 5.30 p.m. It's available on MPB TV's YouTube channel and on the Mississippi Roads Facebook page. The audio for the show has been turned into a podcast mile marker so while you're subscribing to in legal terms you could also pull up mile marker we're talking about mississippi roads with attorney francis springer today let's go to bay springs and talk with gerald gerald thank you so much for calling into in legal terms today what's your comment or question
5: well thank you liz thank you for your show Um, uh, I'm a Facebook friend of Francis's. Uh, My question is about about easements again. And uh, I have a property that must have been isolated at one time, and probably in 86 when the original house was built, uh, an easement was granted for a driveway across someone else's property. My question for Francis is, Uh, What are my legal rights and obligations for that driveway? How wide do you think it is uh, as a general rule? And uh, can I pretty much do anything on that driveway that I want to accept, build a permanent structure?
0: Uh, Let me me make sure I'm understanding you right, Gerald. That's a driveway that's an easement to your property over someone else's? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, pretty much you're you're unlimited uh, to use it as a driveway. Now, I don't think it would be proper if you went and set up and had a picnic on that necessarily. Uh, but as long as you use it for what it's intended for, the area is usually what's agreed upon or either set by a judge, depending on how the easement came about. But it should be in the land description. It should be surveyed to some degree, not necessarily marked where you can see it, but there should be an agreement on on how wide it would be. And uh, generally, for how long it would be? Uh, some of them are perpetual; they go into for forever unless they're changed. And some are, are prescriptive to a certain time or until something changes with the land. Uh-huh. Uh, does that kind of answer your question?
5: Yeah. Uh, nobody said anything to me about it, uh, about the easement ending, so I'm supposing that it's permanent. Uh, this question came up when my brother came over here, and he's, uh, he's got a tool trailer and a utility trailer that's parked in my driveway, and it's on the easement part of the driveway, and I was just wondering if that was legal, or should I move them somewhere else onto my property?
0: You know, it sounds like from what is there, there's, there's been no action taken to, to undo it. So, you know, I think if something's parked on it and it's not interfering with anything else, there's probably not going to be anything that's said about it. Of course, if there is, you know, it will have to be looked at a little more closely. And, uh, and you feel free to holler at me sometime if we want to get more specific into it, Gerald.
5: Okay. All right. Thanks a well, lot, Francis. Yes, sir. Thank you.
2: All right, that's a that's a great question, Gerald. And I think you know, Francis, you hit it. I mean, mostly. I mean, if, if the if the neighbor seems okay with it, then it's probably okay. I mean, that's when it's when the person's not okay with it that that you need to address it. I think. Right. That's usually when the law comes into play. Is when we have
0: differences of opinion.
1: Let's so, go sure. to Meridian now and speak with Larry. Larry, thank you so much for calling in. To in legal terms, can uh, what's your question or comment?
4: Uh, My question revolves around an uh, electrical easement uh, on air property where there are multiple owners of the property. Um, And then one of the owners uh, puts up a security light that intrudes on one of the other owners uh, of use of the property. Is there... Any, are there any requirements that before a security light like, that is put up by a rural cooperative uh, on one of their poles but paid for by one of the uh, heirs uh, would require permission from all of the heirs uh, to be there or if there was an objection would have to be changed?
0: That's an interesting situation. Uh, Generally, you you can have trespasses of light, things like that. So if the light is interfering with uh, regular operation of the property, there could be a a problem with the easement not granting that specifically. Um, As we said a moment ago with everything else, if there's differences of opinion where this has already taken place now, this may be something that will wind up in court to have it remedied. Uh, now, one thing that possibly could happen if it's uh, a light installed uh, by a cooperative, like you said, is contact them and see what authority they had to put it up because they usually check those things out before they act on it. Uh, but that potentially you know, could be an issue where all the persons in the interest of the property, the heirs and all, would have some say before that goes up.
4: Uh, It is on a line that, you know, comes in with the meter serving with two meters, serving two different buildings, uh, and then, you know, one of the owners asks that a security light be put up, and the other owner doesn't want the light in that because it intrudes on on their room.
0: Right. And that one sounds like something that would probably have to be decided by the courts because each feel like they have a right to have the light or not have the light. And if it is, you know, an interference that's being proven, you know, that's something that the court would have to look into, balance versus the need for a security
2: light. So I wish there was an easy answer for that one, but I just don't think there is. Thank you. That's one of those situations. That's yeah. a great question. We've talked about heirs property on this program before, and it really is not much more fixable from the front end on the estate planning side, you know, that we try to think about who's going to get property and who's going to have the rights to the property before that property passes in debt. That doesn't happen at heirs property, and you end up with questions like this because you've got all these owners who have equal access, equal ownership of the land. That's exactly right.
1: Let's go now to Macon, Mississippi, and speak with Sebastian. Sebastian, thank you for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question?
3: Yes, my question is uh, there is um, land behind where I live at, about 1,000 feet behind. It's, it's land right across the barbed wire, and it's not being used. It seems like it's uh um, like Lime Rock area back there, and uh, I would like to know, what are the proper procedures in trying to purchase that land for myself?
0: Um, that's that's a good question, that comes up an awful lot. People with surrounding land have an interest in it, and it appears that the owner's not doing anything with it. Uh, essentially, you would need to find out who owns the land and just make a pro- proposition to them to see if they're willing to sell it. Uh, you know, if they are, you know, you would agree on the price. Obviously, you would want to have some type of appraisal to give you an idea of what the land's worth. And that would be really the only way I know of to go about um, you owning the land or taking possession of the land. Uh,
3: uh, uh, I couldn't, like, um do anything like they do in California, like uh, squat on it or anything like that, squatters' rights, anything like that. No.
0: Uh, Not really. There is adverse possession in Mississippi where if you use someone else's land peacefully and they know it and they don't stop you, uh, after a period of 10 years, you could apply and then become the owner of that property. Um, but that, again, you know, would take a long time and they would have to know it and it would have to be going on uh, to where you act as the landowner. Uh, so that's a possibility, but it doesn't really sound like that would apply from what you're describing. Okay. Thank you. Sure.
2: Thanks for that call. That's a. That's, uh... It is it's there's it is an issue that comes up a lot and, and it's another issue that comes up a lot that's kind of in the line of easements but it, but on the other side of it it is what if the, what if the state or the county wants to build a road and they have to take some of my property to do that? Uh, we have that issue in Oxford where um, they uh, they want to expand highway seven here. And, and so, uh, you know, the, in order to do that, they're probably going to have to take some land from a private landowner. How, what does the state have to do or the county or the city have to do if they want to take my land?
0: Um, what you described there, I believe, is intimate domain. And the state can take, or I'll say the government because it could be state or federal, but generally if the state can take the property, but they have to give you due process, basically they have to buy it from you for the reasonable value of the property. And unfortunately, there's almost no way to stop that from happening because the law recognizes that the public has a greater interest in property potentially than a, a an individual does. But the government still has to purchase it. They can't just seize your property and take it without due process. And generally, they're going to offer the the price that's going to be agreed upon. Uh, rarely have I seen these cases go to court where the landowner gets more than the. Uh, that the government was offering in, in and raised in court, but generally from that.
2: Well, that's, that's a, I mean, it's a, it, it's a really, it's an interesting case it does come up when the state wants to take property, but there are some situations in some bigger cities where the, the city has wanted to take property, not so much for a public entity, but for a private entity, like a stadium that will be run by private interest and, and they will condemn property in that case, and the courts have upheld those those takings. So, again, we, we think we own our property 100%, but there are always limitations, aren't there? There are limitations.
1: We can take your questions on our email address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. Want to know more about Mississippi Road laws? I'll give you some information next. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio i you. for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with, with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our live show, you can hear Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. If you like to research laws on your own, consider visiting Justia U.S. Law's website concerning Title 65, Highways, Bridges, and Ferries, Chapter 7, Public Roads and Streets, Private Ways. We are talking with attorney Francis Springer. You can find him on some of our previous podcasts, December 8th, 2020, May 5th, 2020, and December 17th, 2019. So he seems to be a December, May kind of guest. Let's go to some of our calls that have been holding. Let's go to David in Grenada. David, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question?
5: Uh, good morning. Um, uh, I'd like to know what is the county's uh, incentive, or give, what gives them the right to make your driveway a county road uh, when there's when there is two houses on this thousand foot road, and and once they took it, they never paid for it. I, I mean, I'm completely uh, and I can't get an answer from anybody so.
0: That's an interesting situation. Uh, Generally, the only way the government can take land is is through intimate domain, like we discussed just a moment ago, where they do have to compensate the landowner. Now, there could be uh, something that is established as a private road, which would be basically usable by those that live on it. It's not open to the public. Excuse me. Uh, But years ago, all counties had to establish all public roads and uh, give that to the state. And since then, they've been able to add or take roads off by by what the legislation says. So as far as them taking that road and making it a public road, I don't know how that would have been done without an intimate domain process.
5: Uh, Well, is there any remedy for me?
0: You would probably start by talking to your uh, supervisor for your area the Board of Supervisors, see if they can find out. They may point you either to the county administrator or to the road manager to find that out and just find out how it went about creation. And then just go back and look at that. And if you think there's something there, um, always consult with an attorney specifically to your case, and, and they'll let you know if there's something there. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you.
1: let's go to natasha who is on the road we hope you're driving safe but we're so glad you're listening to in legal terms natasha what is your comment or question
5: good morning um this may have been addressed already but i'm actually calling in for my dad um he bought some property about 10 years ago that had an established easement on it um of the people never used it. Um, they actually have a driveway on the other side of his property now where they put a trailer. Um, but my question, his question is, um, is there a way to get that to, you know, lift the easement? Like, because the, the kids just use it for four-wheelers and stuff like that now. Of course, he's older, and he was wanting to know is there a way to get that removed. He's went to the courthouse. Um, they've told him that it is filed there, and You know, they didn't think
0: there was anything he could do, but. from what you're describing, there possibly is something he could do. And again, he would need to consult specifically with an attorney, but if it's not used any longer as the easement was prescribed or found necessary, it could be undone either by agreement or by court action, especially if there's another uh, access to the property that's been created. So that's something that he could possibly have done. Again, it would be something that an attorney would need to look at specifically and give some direct advice on that.
5: Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure.
1: Sure. Thank you. And we'll take our last call and go to Uh Mikey in Mobile, Alabama. Thanks for calling into In Legal Terms. What's your comment or question?
4: Um, What exactly, specifically, is meant by easement? And how long of a period do you have? When can your neighbors, that they call themselves, uh, who aren't using your easement, start saying that you have abandoned the property? And what sorts of legal, I mean, aside from purple paint, which you can do with, you know, just timberland uh, and putting up no trespassing signs, which they rip down, what else can you do?
0: Several issues in there, and again, I I realize you call it from Alabama, so this is is definitely under the Mississippi law. I don't practice in Alabama. I'm not licensed there. But in Mississippi, you know, if the easement's created, as long as it's used for that, it can be – established basically perpetually an easement is allowing you know someone else to use someone else's property for a purpose now if it's not used for that purpose any longer if i understand your question correctly it can be dissolved and at that point it can be blocked and anybody that's on that property could be charged with trespassing so again it's specific to your situation and someone would need to look at that uh, attorney specifically to give better advice
1: Thank you, Mikey. We appreciate you calling in. So if, if, uh, if you have an easement, you've got one until you don't.
2: Generally, yeah. It's a use is what it is. It's a use of somebody else. It's, your, it's still her property, but they have the right to use it for that specific purpose. So it's kind of a carved out. Exception to her exclusive ownership of the property, and my 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 question is: so you know, you, you get a lot of calls in, from Mississippi uh, and other and parts of the South where people are say so I've got land that's that's undeveloped, but people go and hunt on it, uh, and they don't have my permission. Are there things they can do to stop that from happening?
0: Oh yeah, if it's their property, there's no easement, there's no private road or anything like that. Definitely no public road. Uh, they can do whatever the law allows to stop But They can board it up, gate it up. Uh, they can have the people on the property or arrest or charged for trespassing. There are a number of things. Because private property is just that. It's private property. And without a legal, uh, I guess, insult to that, for lack of a better word, not necessarily an insult, but an intrusion to that, without it being legal, no one can be on your property or use your property.
2: So, but you could, you could license it to somebody, not really give them an easement, but say, hey, for, you know, like one weekend, you can pay me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You can license it allow, and a lot of uh, companies, paper companies on a lot of property in
0: Mississippi, they do that. They lease it out to people to hunt on and uh, private individuals can do that as well. Or also, you know, the hunters, if they like the land and want it, they could propose to buy it. You know, somebody could sell it, but it has to be by agreement or by an exception that the law
2: allows. For instance, this, this show is about roads, and so you had one interesting fun fact I thought mm-hmm. would be fun to share from from uh, uh, Chapter 65 of Title 65 of the Mississippi Code.
0: Yeah, there was one. I was uh, did a little research to make sure I kind of knew what I was talking about today. And I didn't realize that Mississippi actually has legislation to provide prescription for oyster shell roads and how they have to be put out properly between the full shell or the crushed shell and the coating of the surface to make sure it's all it's, uh, conducive to vehicles. So I had no idea uh, that that goes on. Obviously, I don't live on the coast, so I don't think I've ever seen one of those roads, but I thought that was very interesting.
1: I love how Mississippi is, is so big from the coast to the Southland. Uh, you never know what you're going to (laughs) find. That's true. (laughs) Francis, we really have enjoyed having you on the show. We appreciate uh, your wisdom. How can folks get in touch with you if they would like to seek your personal assistance?
0: Sure, they can call my office at 601-605-5004 or www.SpringerLawOffice.com.
1: SpringerLawOffice.com Thank you, Francis Springer. We appreciate you being on with us. Thank y'all. That's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. Our call screener for today has been Kevin Farrell and our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. For Professor Richard Gershon, who is starting summer vacation now, maybe, if he's graded all of his uh, final exams, he hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill, but we hope you will join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
0: an MPB Think Radio podcast.